Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of New York City, Miami, Hurricanes, Wes Anderson, aesthetic, taekwondo, and so much more. It's a pleasure to share this chat with you. We just wrapped Texas Tiki Week last week, and I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with some fine rum personalities, and this is a wonderful introduction to Stilo. You know, Stilo has not done a long-form interview. He's done very little media, actually, but it's brilliant to finally kind of crack the code and dive into this guy. He's a lovely, lovely man, and I can't wait for you guys to try this Banks 5 and 7 run. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Stilo Pimentel of Banks Rum. Started with my brother, actually. He's a designer, right? He's like a, a, yeah, yeah. He's a designer, but he's like one of these designers that that you assume is sitting on top of a of a mountain, meditating <laughs> on his next project. Like he takes it to that level, really? which I never really understood that level of passion until I got into bartending, and then I told him, "I get it now. I get why you're in front of your computer twenty four seven. Yeah. And I'm like, get away from there. And he just couldn't do it, you know, because he loved it so much. It's kind of like a subtle obsession in a way. That word often is thrown in a negative connotation, but... No, yeah. It is, I, right? I, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I get, you know, and, and the, the gentleman who uh, kind of honed my skills even further, his name is Kyle Ford, mm. uh, uh, who was my boss for, familiar. for a couple, <laughs> couple of years. Yeah, man. That, I mean, he... Uh, he taught me so much about just looking at an image in a whole different way. You know, it was kind of the matrix. Like you, you yeah. just learn to look at things differently. And I was like, oh, I see everything now. Um, so he taught me a lot. And we're both Wes Anderson fans. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> which helped greatly, uh, uh, for, uh, helped me greatly, uh, more greatly understand um, how he looked at images. You know, because yeah. uh, he, uh, we, we love that sort of balance in, in all these images um, and the panning um, of, of the camera in his movies. So I started asking myself the question, you know, every time I take a picture, I said, what would Wes Anderson do? You know, and, and that's always been my inspiration. One of Which my- it, oh, man. Well, so Wes Anderson's great. I have, there's a few points for me about his his arc of filmmaking. It, it yeah. Maybe like some some downsides or down points to me. But so mm-hmm. for you, what do you think is kind of the pinnacle for him? Not even form or not even like dialogue, but just a pure visual aesthetic. What do you think is his best work? Is in terms of the is Yeah, or movie? maybe just your favorite. Yeah. Oh man, probably the life aquatic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's and you know, I didn't know that until you just asked me that question, but it's the one movie that I see more than all his other movies. The second for me would probably be Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then uh, uh, Buda, Grand Budapest would yeah. be my third. I love that one too. You get a mix of mediums and like yeah. animation and stuff. Oh man, it's a weird thing. Do you? I get I get goosebumps. Just, like, just thinking about just just I mean I just his movies just like speak to me on a whole different level. You know. Yeah, and that what is a visual balance with his stuff because it's it's just as much about the absence absence of light and color as it is the addition yes you know? see you get it and 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 it's funny because i i get uh 
uh, I get these uh, compliments that I appreciate. It's not an ego thing. It's just the type of compliment uh, that I get when, when people say, hey, your pictures are visually pleasing. Yeah. And it's what I get when I watch Wes Anderson films yeah. where it's like, I just feel this calm, you know, and just like when, I, I don't know. It's just Sometimes, something. you know, there's this word familiar. One of the reasons I think that the Beatles are so successful, for instance, is that we know those songs even if we don't know those songs. Yeah. <laughs> they have given and sprouted influence into every genre of music ever since the 60s or even the late 50s, depending on when you go back. So it's kind of the same thing with Wes Anderson. Few American filmmakers. Now, of mm-hmm. course, he pulls from Truffaut a whole, whole lot. Right? Yeah, man. Which is great, which is a great thing. But he may be, like, in terms of modern aesthetically for directors, he might be the dude that's setting our expectations about what's familiar in terms of aesthetic. And yeah. so, like, that's one of those things. And maybe that's why, for me, I feel peaceful, too, when yeah. I watch this stuff. Cause it's yeah, so and you don't pay attention to it until you decide to pay attention that's to right, it. That's yeah. right. And you realize that this is on purpose. It's it's not, It's that there's, you know, there, there's a connective thread. There's a reason yeah. to why he's doing all the things he's doing. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of when I got into uh, film noir and that sort of uh, imagery. And, you oh, know, yeah. you don't realize that you're watching a specific, uh, I guess, visual style of movie right. until someone tells you, this is film noir and this is what it's supposed to do. Totally. And you're like, whoa. It's like the absence of light as kind of lighting the scene. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Third sure. Man and, you know, John Huston's Third big. Man. Oh, that's a great fucking movie. <laughs> All right. So this is good. So we got this. I, I, I always tend to really connect with people when we talk about aesthetic, when we talk about film and music. Good. So stepping to the music piece. Oh, man. Is there any equally influential, maybe calming, maybe familiar artist that you yes. really kind of cite as influential? Yeah. So again, going back to my brother, who's, yeah. who's been my biggest influence in life. Uh, I, I was born and raised in... Uh, the ghettos of New York City Washington in the seventies and eighties, Washington right, Heights. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy back then. <laughs> Dangerous. Seventies uh, and eighties. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was it was tough. Uh, I think I saw everything that a human being should not see. By the time I was nine, you know, it was just yeah. you know, it was matter of drugs fact, and though, right? gangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you know, his escape was. Uh, the music that no one else was listening to in that area. You yeah. know, everyone was listening to, you know, uh, hip hop and, uh-huh. and well, it wasn't, it was rap music back then. Um, and is this like when uh, I'm thinking African Bumbada, is that like that yeah. time period? Yeah. Tribe Called Quest and stuff? Uh, well, yeah. well, before Tribe Called okay. Quest. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but it was um, uh, Sugar Hill Gang yeah, and, okay, and all okay. those people. Uh and you know if you see that video of the sugar hill gang that's exactly what my neighborhood looks like you no know, kidding it's just like broken down buildings and you know it's just crazy uh but uh his escape was a whole different style of music he was really heavily into pink floyd yeah. uh and music of you know the, the late 60s early 70s uh you know rolling stones of course the beatles he introduced me to the beatles uh so that music really became an escape for me um, and he introduced me to my favorite band of all time, which is The Police. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's, um, you know, man, I love it because I can, and I don't even try. I don't even want to try to guess where someone's coming from musically. Yeah. But that's yeah. a brilliant place. That first record is one of the greatest punk records ever made. Oh, a lot of people yeah. don't even think of it. Hell yeah. Like. You know, and, and it just, you know, he, he has an album called um, uh, Regatta Blanc. Yes. You know, yeah, which yeah. is exactly what their style is. It's sort of like this British style of, early ska and, and you know, reggae and, yeah. and all that. So, um, 
but his 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 music or their music uh spoke to me on a whole different level like there's just so much poetry in the words mm. you know um and, and it has helped me through a lot of uh tough uh parts of my life um but yeah i mean I, I guess the police would be it for so me. being like in that kind of scenario and even though i moved around a lot and we didn't have a lot of money i would there's no way that my upbringing was as tough or maybe as gritty as yours right well everyone i mean it's all subjective yeah you know, totally, what, what's totally. tough for you yeah for sure. right and it, yeah of course but knowing were you kind of like conscious of the fact that shit is kind of perilous out like i need to really watch my step and really be aware of my surroundings things that we take for granted if we were in suburbia that we would mm-hmm. take for granted yeah for sure i mean you know you 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 realize what you're going through when you you know i was again watching uh, sitcoms like the brady bunch and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that idyllic and, yeah and you're <laughs> like where does that exist like is that real <laughs> you know and you realize yeah. there's a whole other world out there um that you don't have um and then you, you realize yeah you you i guess you you, you appreciate uh, in a good and bad way uh everything that's around you you yeah. know what you have and what you don't have and, and what you should appreciate, you know, with what you do have. So. Do you think that given we've got access so, to so many things, we can date at the touch of a button, we can order food at the touch of a button, a cab, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Everything's really like impulsive and compulsive yeah. and it really caters to us. Do you think that being in that position and kind of really being aware of your surroundings and being in that moment, pre-technology, if you will, that that encourages you to just, like appreciate things and not try to expedite them with technology. Like you want to kind of just take it slow yeah. and really, really embrace those moments. I don't, I don't think so because, you know, back then it's just what was the norm. It's yeah. what existed. You know, it's not like you, you knew that this was going to exist. That's and true. It was yeah. going to get easier. You just don't think about that. You just, you know, so um, it wasn't that we necessarily lived in the moment, but you, it, I guess the the way of thinking was a lot slower because it had to be slower. You yeah. know, you 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 you, um, you had to pick up that phone and and maybe the line was busy when you call the pizza right. shop and you <laughs> have to wait another five minutes and you you know it's that sort of thing. But uh, it was just a norm. You don't really yeah. think about it. You know. So conversely, then obviously you've got a really great imprint socially on social media and stuff. Oh which, man, you know I mean I'm still it learning, but thank no, you. Well, but we all we all are right because that they're like, what does content mean? How should it be? How should it be phrased? Yeah. That evolves. What kind of pictures? How do you tell a narrative and all yeah. that stuff? Like that constantly changes. You seem to have embraced it really well. What do you like about that medium? Um, I I love that. Uh, there's a couple of things I love. I mean, again, go, going back to, to Kyle Ford, um, and it, it's funny because Kyle Ford, he, he uh, he's a funny guy. He's not the kind of he wasn't the kind of mentor that uh, freely uh, gave up tips. Ah, you know? interesting. Yeah, uh, it would ha- it was it would probably be a special day where we went out for a drink, and he'd he'd feel like I'm ready for one more tip, and he'd <laughs> give it to me, and then. A month would pass and then maybe another tip but these tips oh would, would be heavy for me profound you know? yeah yeah and it was just you know and, and he always had this look on his face like here's another bone i'm throwing <laughs> you're getting better little by little i, I can't give you too much 
you know, you got to work for it. It's like pie, um, pie may and kill bill or something, right? Just like putting you through well, some shit, but then he gives you that one smile. And like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was all worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I got it and I, I became patient for it because I, I've been a martial artist since I was eight years old. And, yeah. and what, I, a, what a discipline? I started with Taekwondo, Taekwondo. And again, my brother influenced me to get into that. He was uh, really deep into uh, not Bruce Lee, the the movie star, but Bruce Lee, the philosopher. Yeah. So he had all these amazing books that what is it? So he, he took uh, uh, Taekwondo lessons, which were the closest thing to where we lived. Uh, I remember it was in a beat up basement. Like, you know, we were, it was yeah. a poor neighborhood, you know. Um, but um, uh, the sage yeah, he, words he, of, yeah. Yeah, he, he introduced me to that and, and I got into it. I continued. But, you know, we, we were dealing with teachers who uh, weren't, who would not just easily express these, you know, the, these tips or these things that, uh, to the entire class it was like to the students that deserved it you know yeah. so you kind of wait for it and hope for it uh, so I was used to that with Kyle Ford and what he taught me with social media was um, you know you got to ask yourself a lot of questions before you post why are you posting who's who is it appealing to uh, who you know is this just for you or, right. or who are you speaking to you know what are you hoping to express with this message and you know so it's all these questions that, that you ask for. and sometimes I post things just just for fun sure um, but Others, I'm, I'm, you know, I actually had this talk with Don Lee, mm. um, and we had this back and forth, and and he was challenging me a bit in the best way, the best way. He's such a great guy, but he's like, he he didn't, uh, what he doesn't understand or what he doesn't uh, um, appreciate about uh, Instagram, for example, yeah. is that uh, I told him that I, the message uh, in the caption yeah. is just as important as the image, absolutely for me. Um, uh, but he's like, that's great, but a lot of people are not going to, you know, really read that. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Yeah. The right people will. Um, you know, and, and when people read that message and then go back to the patient and be like, oh, I get it now. That's, if only one person gets that, totally. it's amazing for me. So, sometimes people don't care about context. Yeah. Which is sometimes, why the picture also has to be amazing. Right, you know, totally. Because that's going to scroll. Because that's going to exist in itself and have its, yeah, bring its own gravitas. Just true, like, right? True, but. True. To your point, and I, I think that social can be a, an amazing tool in a lot of different ways. It can be impulsive, again, mm-hmm. and sometimes people just expect that you'll post. It doesn't matter how good it is. True. It's frequency, right? Yeah. You got to be on the radar yeah. now that whether we should do that or not, but this is kind of how we consume content. Absolutely. Oh, this guy posts a lot. Cool. He must be active. He must be relevant. But then at the same time, you got this duality where it's like, well, fuck, how do I put out something frequently that's also intentional and mm-hmm. also has a message That's so it. i don't know it's a philosophical question but you seem to be enjoying it well you know it, it's funny because uh, uh when i joined uh banks when banks brought me in i i i'm very protective of my my posts and yeah. i don't want anyone controlling it um, amazing no matter what job i'm doing um so although uh, banks wasn't interested in controlling it i i, I didn't know that um so I, I remember I, I posted uh, an image. It was tasteful, but it was an image of my crotch um, <laughs> uh, about a month after I got hired and, and just to kind of test it. Yeah. Just to see if oh, they tell amazing. me, hey, man, you can't do that anymore. 
because then it would have been a sort of issue. And, and they didn't. They, they embraced it. They loved it. They're like, we like your style. We don't want to change anything. And I'm like, yes, I love it. Here. That's amazing. That's yeah, a so. punk rock attitude, man. <laughs> just push just push a little yeah, bit. just push a little, man. And just, see how just far see you can happens. go. But that's, that's amazing because then you kind of get pushed those boundaries out. Yeah, and, and, then, and that's my style with everything in life, yeah. to be honest, man. You know, it's just, just push a little. Just see what happens. You're never going to know unless unless you just, you know, Go over that line just a bit. Just a little bit. It yeah. doesn't have to be brash, right? Exactly. Just calculated. Exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly. really the thing. That, that that comes from wisdom. That comes from maturity. For sure. You know what You're what I mean? absolutely right about that. It does come from maturity. Because I would definitely, 20 years ago, I would, I would not have been super afraid. <laughs> like, hey, can you see my testicle? Like, right? If you just get a little more abrupt, probably. But that shit happens, you know? And I, I love it that... You know, we're meeting each other at this point where we're at these particular different crossroads in life, but really great ones, you know, mm-hmm. new opportunities. And so when I kind of go back and I look at this this narrative, man, this this journey, I know that martial arts have played a big role. I'm sure that's yeah. a way to escape, but also a way to stay in shape, which is great. For sure. Mental acuity, Heck right? Yeah. Discipline, all this stuff. But you're a foray into fashion. Mm-hmm. Were there other things that you were really thinking about pursuing? Because at least in terms of like academia, it looks like that's where you went. You dedicated yourself to aesthetic and maybe composition and all mm-hmm. that. Um, from a very young age, I was um, sort of literally in and around fabrics. Uh, what, my, why is, yeah, what? Well, my, my grandmother um, uh, was a seamstress her entire life. Uh, my grandfather was actually one of uh, the tailors for uh, Dominican Republic's most infamous uh, dictator, no Trujillo. Shit. Yeah. Um, so he was one of his tailors. So I mean, um, uh, all my aunts, you know, seamstresses. And so I was always around it. And I had a cousin, his name is Ray. Uh, and this guy, damn, did this guy have style. He's, he's still alive. He still has style. Yeah. But back then, he just had this style that did not exist in anyone around me you know he had these beautiful suits and he just knew how to wear shoes and knew how to wear these pants and i was like this is very different from everything else i'm seeing um and uh i remember i was i was i i saw a copy of gq magazine it was must have been i don't know 1979 oh man um, so Do you remember uh, who was on the cover no I'm i don't curious. i don't um but i remember and it was 1985 i was 11 years old and i i I, I got a subscription to uh, GQ magazine mm. and, and, you know, it was, I, I never got to pay it because I, I didn't know how to, like, you know, I didn't want to ask my parents for right. this and, and, you know, so I got five free months of oh, GQ nice. and never paid. but it was like, you know, for a little kid, you know, it was, again, it was just an escape and, yeah. and I wanted to, 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 to strive to, to be that. Um, Gentlemanly. Gentlemanly. I actually won uh, in, in uh, middle school, uh, eighth grade, I, I, I actually won best dressed for the entire year. No like, kidding. Yes, That's gotta be an amazing right. feeling. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, as a little kid, you're like, you know what? This paid off. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so so okay. Well, but, you know, it was it was again, it was it was everything is intertwined, right? So yeah. in the martial arts, I, I for the most part I studied Aikido. And um, you know, when you're putting on that uniform and that hakama, you know, which is it's sort of skirt, um, and the process is such a meditation process and it's like you're putting on an armor it's like yeah. you're becoming it, it does something to the way you feel um mm-hmm. so that extended to you know to fashion and i took so much pride in ironing every single piece of clothing you know and just putting it on and every button you know everything was a process and it just made you feel regal sure uh, you know it just changed you you know it just made you feel 
powerful. That's oh, a guess. beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when we're well, fuck. When I put on these pants this morning, I really think about how regal no, it dude, was. You know? I have I have a favorite pair of jeans that are the most beat up things in the world, and yeah. they're my home jeans. But when I put that on, it's just I feel like I'm a different person, right? So I'm ready to cook. I'm ready to clean. I'm you know these are my wow. in home pants. These are my stilo pants. You know. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so it's it doesn't matter what it looks like. You know, it's, it's just, just putting you into that frame of mind. That's it. That, that mood. Frame of mind. Yeah. Mood pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. <laughs> I've never thought about. Well, I mean, the, the absence of pants perhaps is a mood, but yeah. You know. <laughs> well, when you think about because. We were, there's a little bit of an age disparity between the two of us, but it feels like- we Is both, there? What's going on? No, What's no. <laughs> I, lo- I looked at I'm your a, birthday, so. <laughs> so I'm, I, an, I know I'm an old dude. I'm an old dude. I think you're like six years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. You're 74, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So oh, you're doing well, man. Yeah. I try to remember. I memorize numbers like a fucking, yeah. like a rain man or something <laughs> for some reason, but I think we both come from a time where being a gentleman was something that was sought after. Mm-hmm. I never, even to this day, feel like if I open the door for a woman or a man alike, that it is a posturing movement or a posturing gesture and that I'm trying to establish mm. a dynamic. I also think that man buns are kind of ridiculous. I think that they're counter-gentlemanly, right? <laughs> I think dressing up, being articulate, caring for women, respecting people and all these things. These are core Cary Grant kind of qualities. Yes, and Cary Grant happens to be my favorite actor. No shit. It's so funny that you said oh, that. Oh, that's Chris. My mom's favorite too. Yeah? Yeah, she, she had a huge crush on him. Good Girl Friday, one of my top 10 favorite movies. Oh, it's great. He's yeah. a, but he's a brilliantly nuanced dude, right? Do you think, in the just like taking the past 10 years, mm-hmm. where we're not even really interact, you and I are, but sometimes we're behind a screen, we're not even really interacting, but yeah. maybe chivalry, maybe being a gentleman is kind of dissolving. How do you feel about it? It is, and it's unfortunate. And um, I actually don't even know why. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, I, t- I I have I have two kids, and I and I teach that I teach it to them at, at all times. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I, I there's, there's, something's lacking, and I, I really don't know what it is. Um, yeah, there's just. Um, I don't know. It's just a weird loss of, of structure. Like you'll, you'll open you the go. door one day, but then the next day you're like, you know, no, you yeah, you can't, you know, as you can't, you it's can't. gotta be in you. Like, this is what you do. Right. You know, this is, you know, it's such an easy way to make someone smile, whether it's a man or a woman. Doesn't of course, matter, doesn't you know? matter. Um, yeah. So it's a shame. I have no idea why there. I, I think that because when we're forced to interact with each other in an interpersonal way, we kind of understand body language and we understand that we may in fact have to create pave ways for each other. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. There's, there's a bunch of stuff on the ground here. Here you pull them over and walk them around it. Right. Men or women alike. Yeah. Same thing with you're walking behind me. I'm going to open the door for you because I'm aware of my surroundings. Cause this is a community of people. We live yes. in a place where there's people, but <laughs> it's, I just think we're here, you know, as I do this kind of pantomime for holding a phone in front of your face mm-hmm. and that it takes us out of the moment. So the real surroundings, I think that's, I think that's it right there, man. Yeah. I think you just said it. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, and, and, and that's a, a, another thing that happens where we're, we're in an age where, and, and I guess I'm like that again uh, through Aikido. Uh, in the most basic way, I was taught a lot of uh, the disciplines in Zen Buddhism, yes. you know, where, you know, a lot of it is just living in the moment, you know, and I, and I, I have this speech where I give to bartenders when I'm training them or, or consulting, uh, and, and, 
and I say, you have to really live in the moment, even if you're pooping, you know, sure. focus on on that focus on i'm all right with that paper. that's a great <laughs> yeah how the toilet paper feels you yeah. know the pulling the sound of when yeah, you're pulling it everything live in that moment so i think we're in a in a place where it's like we're always thinking of what's going to happen next what's next so we're what's not next? in the moment so i yeah. think that's why you know we just forget dude you're you totally know, right because it's like oh i'm thinking about the coffee that lies behind that door so i don't think about just the general that's piece of it. me opening that's it you oh, just yeah. gave the perfect visual yeah because well i've had people let doors slam in my face lately and i think to myself if i ever interview them for a job they're never gonna get it yeah i get spiteful about that shit no me too it's so un it's discourteous me too yeah. uh but you know I'll, I'll, in a lot of ways I, I think it's i think it's something ingrained i guess i i you know there, there are some things that i think you can't necessarily teach you can yeah. you can you can perfect and you can train someone to to, to develop that mm. that uh skill or that or that way but um, there, there are some things you can't teach. For example, again, going back to bartending, uh, a, a sense of urgency. Mm. You really can't teach that, you know, where, where I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy where something falls and you're closer to it. Mm -hmm. I, something inside me makes me want to just like jump and, and, and try to uh, catch it before you can. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I would test uh, uh, barbacks. Uh, whenever I interviewed them, I would purposely... Uh, put something at equal distance between us could be a pencil uh -huh. anything and, and i would drop it just to see how fast oh, they move because brilliant. yeah because a bar bag has to kind of they uh, respond think ahead yeah. of what just kind of figure out what you're feeling or what you're going to need in that next second before you even think you need it before right. even and the bartender thinks he needs it so that sense of urgency you know you just can't teach it you know? oh, that's a great point yeah warmth you can't teach either no yeah yeah either you're right. warm or you're not <laughs> I don't know how that works out. Maybe it's rum. Rum helps, I think. <laughs> rum helps. <laughs> I don't know, actually, that's not like the unanimous way to do it, but yeah. it certainly doesn't hurt. It does not, man. For so sure. this trek through, as we talk, and I kind of ultimately what I'm doing is figuring out <laughs> why does this shit lead to two dudes drinking amazing rum mm -hmm. on a Wednesday, mm -hmm. right? And pursuing fashion makes perfect sense. It's a blend of color. It is expression. It is getting your hands into a process mm -hmm. you you know i mean there's all this like really rich actually vibrant uh way that you're connecting with a thing a real thing tangible thing what did you think that would add up to not that there was any objective but ultimately were you thinking man i can apply this thing doing this other thing maybe i'll work for gq maybe i'll make soup well it wasn't something that i even noticed i i didn't realize until i mean I, i'm realizing things every day about my journey and yeah. how it led me, you know, to, to bartending, but how it's connected to everything I've learned throughout life, right. you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I went through a brief training behind the bar at employees only. Um, and it you was, have that tattoo, if I recall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Like, there's a funny story <laughs> behind that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it was an accident that I met Dushan yeah. and the fact that he takes a Buddhist approach to bartending. And that blew my mind. Because you already, you already kind of appreciated those sensibilities. Yeah, right? and I needed that. Like anytime I'm being trained by someone, I, I, I want them to remind me, you Sensei. know, of, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to respect them in that way. And I want them to, to, to have that sort of aesthetic, I guess. And, and Dushan has it, man. And it's just the way he speaks. It's like every time he opens his mouth, I just want to stop everything I'm doing and just like, you know, become a sponge. That's but, amazing. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that, that you know, everything I've done uh, from the martial arts and going back to and going into fashion and, and going into bartending, it's all connected yeah. um, in the way uh, in the way I approach it, you know, and, and again, everything is visual for me, you know, uh, putting on that uniform just, yeah. just made me feel like I can be more, you know, wow. um, in, st- in fashion. Again, you know, I remember I had a vintage uh, police t-shirt that I hardly ever wore, oh, you know, man. And, and every time I wore it, I just... You know, it's just an amazing, it's like you feel unstoppable, you know? Yeah. Um, and not that you need something to put on to, to, to feel that way, but it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt because it's an extension of you. You know, you're wearing it because you like right. it. Right. You're, defi- so. you're actually defining it. Yeah, as that's it, it. It defines you a little exactly. bit, but you're still no, the person sure. driving that. You know, if you're wearing a police t-shirt, hey, do you like the police? Yeah, man, what are your favorite songs? I can list them, you know? And, yeah. And so it's, it's a part of you for sure, but... um. You know, and again, bartending, going back to uh, uh, Zen Buddhism and living in that moment and, and, and being accountable for every single step you take. Yeah. It's what Dushan teaches, you, you know, where you're accountable for your space. And as soon as you're done using something, everything goes back at its uh, exactly where you found it, yeah. you know, where that bartender can walk away to go to the restroom and another bartender comes in and it's the same setup in every station. It's It's like... He doesn't have to clean plus, anything. Right? She doesn't. Yeah. What's that? Me some plus. Like yeah, have, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's 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 hard to get that in the bartending world because you're mm-hmm. moving so fast. But man, they do it well. Employees only, man, and and it's just a beautiful. It just looks like a dance. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to Deshaun, but I had a chance to interview Jay. And that's my man. Yeah, <laughs> and we're lucky to have him in Austin, right? I'm yeah, glad he got sure. away from Dallas. Sorry, <laughs> Dallas, but it's good to have him in town. And. It just he has that same kind of quality to him. Yeah, yeah. It's a little more cordial in Greek, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's still Zen-like in a way, for sure. And you know? and you get that just by shaking his hand, yes, right? Absolutely. Like you, you, you either have that or I don't know. It's just something, you know. When it, it, there are certain people that will walk into the room and and they just create this energy just by being present, yeah. you know. Um, just by smiling, it's just they're just people that way, you know. Absolutely. And, and Jay's like that, and Dushan's like that, and do you fancy yourself that way? I I'm beginning to think that you're the same kind of. Oh guy. man, not at all. That, that that's the funny part, you know. I, I I'm kind of a outwardly I'm kind of a show off, but I'm I'm as humble as as yeah. they come, and and I I want to have that. Uh, you know, when I come into the it's it's weird with me because I think I'm 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 not at that level yet. Um, and I mean, I don't know, maybe the person doesn't even know they're at that level, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm at, I'm at that level. I think those people walk into the room and they're not, it's not their goal to create that energy. Right. It just happens. Well, it's what know? humility is, right? Yeah, exactly. But, so that's the thing is that you, well, you're I, good if you don't know, right? Good they you, don't, but, but every time I walk into the room, I want to make, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to do that for people. Yeah. I, I want to create I this positive energy, you know, so I kind of work a little harder at it, you know, where I'm smiling and shaking hands and, you know, touching people's shoulder. I believe in that power of touch, you yeah. know, and, and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think, I think once I, I lose that consciousness of it, then maybe I'll be at that level. I yeah. think it'll take years, but I don't think it matters. I think I don't if, think so. Yeah, I don't think it matters as long as you have that goal, man. To, to to walk into a room and not suck out all the great energy, right? You know, like why would you want to? You know, and there are people like that, man. You know, there are people they just like, like that. to complain and all of that. Yeah, it seems like this inner calmness that I'm gathering from you, 
We're getting deep, man. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Why not, right? We're drinking fucking rum. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. No finer way to spend a Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> mind you. Um, and, the, the, and you know, and this is on brand, but this rum is fucking good. The Banks 5. You, you so great. great oh. Yeah, man. We're, we're, we're enjoying it. I, I'm so proud of this uh, rum. And, it's, yeah. yeah, this is intense. And this, awesome. you know... This is nice because, in a way, this is our cinematographer for this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of framing it, and yeah. we're kind of going, and we're acting in this moment, which is really nice. Yeah. But no, do you get rattled? Do you have that vibrant, kind of passionate, fiery response to stuff? You seem so centered to me that I almost don't see it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And um, I do, and, and it, it, it happens to me, and I don't know what's happening to me until I'm halfway through it, and I'm like, whoa. Oh whoa, you know, let me yeah. let me let me tone it down a bit. And not not in a bad way. It's just like I get so excited about certain things. Um uh but I don't know. I guess again, it's with age. I I, I it's funny that you said that because I've I I feel myself becoming just calmer and more yeah. centered and just more, you know, I guess sure of myself. And that's such a great feeling, you yeah. know, when 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 um when you lose some of those uh, insecurities, I think it's great to keep some of those insecurities. It sure. keeps you on your toes and, and it keeps you more self-aware. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, especially when something you're passionate about, it's like, it's hard, right? It's hard, man. It's, I, <laughs> I, I just want to yell it out. I found myself like, I was talking to somebody about something that I was passionate about yesterday. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm not meaning to be defensive. You're like, no, <laughs> I understand. Cause I say, I feel like I'm defending myself here. Yeah. I don't really know, but it was just this outpour of passion yeah. about whatever it was. Right. But it, I think that that has to happen. We yeah. can't censor. And, and you, you know? can't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You can't. Pointless. You know? and, and whenever I see someone get that way, you know, I, I, I do nothing to stop it. You know, totally. Because it needs to come out. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. So employees only, would you consider that kind of the first and maybe most influential job that you had as you forayed into cocktailing? It, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, um, you know, again, because it just led back to that whole, you know, Buddhism thing, you know, when, when whenever I walk into uh, employees only, and I, and I use it as, as an example, I, I remember I was consulting for this mega bar that only opens in, in the summertime mm-hmm. um, that housed maybe 10 bartenders behind the bar. It was that big. I mean, it pulled in maybe, I don't know, 3,000 people on a Saturday. God damn. Um, <laughs> it's, crazy. it's an outdoor bar, you know, whatever. But, um, I remember I was hiring bartenders and, and there were some bartenders who would come back uh, every season. And I remember one bartender said, and I had met him and I, you know, I talked to him, just kind of, fi- kind of sized him up and, sure. and figured him out. And he says, hey man, every year uh, I'm at point, I'm at, you know, wherever the, the guests come in, that's where I am. I'm the fastest guy here. And, you know, I'm like, that's great, man. Um, it's great that you're fast. I'm not looking for the fastest person to be on point, to be the first person that people see. Right. I'm seeing, I, I'm looking for the friendliest. Uh. Because what we're supposed to do is uh, uh, get these uh, guests to forget whatever was happening outside and change that mindset. You know, a lot of these people are coming from work. Maybe they've had a, bar, a bad day. They're right. cranky. It's up to us to make them forget about that. So as soon as they see a friendly face, we start to control that environment you know, and, and, and help it just become a more positive place. And that's what I get every time I walk into employees only. It's like, it can be packed as hell. And someone will always greet you and, and, and look at you straight in the eyes. Yeah. And, and they acknowledge that you're there, you know, and it makes you feel welcome, you know, at whatever hour, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's huge to be able to 
have that in any establishment. It's not easy to be a bartender, you know, and deal with that many people and that many types of personalities. And, you know, people are yelling at you and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to stay centered. Um, but they combat it by just doing that, which is so simple. You know, smile yeah. as soon as you walk in. Killing man. them with kindness. Kind That's of thing, it, right? man. Yeah. You know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lower your, it's going to, uh, uh, you know, drop your guard and sure. you're just going to be like, all right. Can you yell at someone that's sincerely smiling at you? I don't think, I think it's mathematically impossible. I don't, I don't think you actually can do that. Mathematically impossible. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's so, true. That's but true. I mean, that's a good way to disarm people. Honestly, yeah. be cordial and warm. It's and so simple, come, man. Yeah. It's so simple. It really is, you know. So as you see, obviously, I mean, you have a decorated career. Your resume is fucking massive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but this is no job interview, so I don't have to go through that stuff. Yeah, but things have evolved in the cocktail community and mixology and all of that. And we'll talk about tiki in a second because it's a really fun category, fun genre, fun yeah. culture, right? Yeah. But when you talk about ego among bartenders and things, because you're talking about the absence of ego. Mm-hmm. You're talking about what's best for other people selflessness mm-hmm. martyrdom even maybe to a degree right mm-hmm. which i selflessness I, I yeah i experienced that how do you feel about what is ultimately these opportunities with either trips cocktail competitions these major opportunities to put a singular face in front of something do you think that you now see and i'll use the term more star tenders because of mm-hmm. people that are fighting for them and their brand and that's it mm-hmm. um well, you're saying... You're yeah, saying, do you find that to be something that's a little more present now? Yes, and thank God, I think, yeah. because, um, you know, the, these... I mean, well, there, there's there, there there's a good and bad in, in this whole, you know, start to anything and putting a face to a brand, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, you, you... And again, I think it's something that comes with age, again. Um, when, when As you get older, you, you, if, if you're... You're smart enough. You start becoming more more selfless. You know? Sure, right? But, um, yeah. So, you get married. You really learn that that's the thing that you need to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for example, going back to my uh, Instagram account, um, and it was something that wasn't conscious, but um, I'm almost never uh, present mm. um, in, in in the shot um, because I want it to be about. The message. I didn't want it to be. I never wanted it to be about me. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be about this message that I want to share with the world and make them happy and make people smile. Yeah. You know, through this image, um, and through this. You know, if I get lucky, a clever caption. You know. Sure. Um, it's never about me. And and I think, I think, um, I, I think you can fall into that trap where, you know, a a bartender becomes that star tender and and makes makes it about themselves right you know because they want to look out for themselves first um and that can damage uh the image of the product they're representing right. you know because it's about the product it's not about you absolutely yeah um uh and um yeah i mean that's the only thing but I, i'm glad that there is such a thing you know and and a lot of these brands are pulling uh, uh ambassadors for example from the bar world because we speak that language and we understand how to use that product and we understand what these bartenders have been through night after night. We speak their language, yeah. you know, um, and, and and so they have more respect for this product. You know, the product speaks for itself, but the fact that, you know, someone who's from their world is now representing and, and understands that language, yeah. you know, it just becomes... Well, I think that's a, that's a really altruistic and optimistic way to look at it, which is good, mm. that brands need great people to connect with the community. Because if you 
The only thing I've got a problem if you've paid your dues because I come from music ultimately. So mm-hmm. if you haven't, I've said this fucking analogy every time. But if you haven't set up a drum set and had to carry amps and that Ampeg eight by tens up a up a staircase, <laughs> that's it. Then fuck off, you man. Said it. You right. Said it. So if you've done that. Damn well, like then you can connect those people that are in the trenches that are really working. Yeah, and so I guess to your point, I think it's really brilliant that and positive that it is and can be that way for something mm-hmm. that worked really hard that they can connect with people and say, you know what, I love this thing too. I yeah. know it's a brand. You know, we talked about the branded nature of our chat or what potential chat would unfold, and like, yeah. you know, brands good, off brands good, whatever, right? But I think you're right. It's about people again, and if it remains that way about the community then yeah it's for sure and you know another you know I, i've been oh my god i've been so lucky man because in in every part of my my life and career i've just been uh, lucky enough to 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 be in the presence of people who just became mentors yeah. and have shaped my way of thinking you know uh, again uh, so kyle ford's boss which was my 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 our boss, I guess, uh-huh. when I was working with Kyle Ford, Richard Lambert. Oh my God, this guy again! Another, <laughs> <This> guy. <laughs> another, you know, another one of those Zen masters, you sure. know, who, who can, you know, they're, they're uh, when I came into that gig where, where I was working with him, I, it's not that I had a bit of an ego, but, you know, it, it was hard for me to really listen to others um, as much as I listen to myself, and and sure. it takes time to. To drop that, man, yeah, is um, you feel like you have to prove something, you know? No, you're right, and that comes yeah. from being self-conscious. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and these, comes, these yeah. kind of uh, these flaws in ourselves that we have to have. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And 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 he taught me in the most indirect ways, you know, to to drop that and 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 not make everything about myself first, you yeah. know. And he and he would. And I remember there were times I'd go into the office and. We'd be alone. He's like, "Hey, man, have a seat." And I knew that we that he's about to give me a one-hour conversation, possibly about one, not a bad conversation, sure. just possibly about one picture that I posted. But he'd go into like the details of it and the philosophy, and you know how uh, how to how to help me grow from there. And yeah. and I don't know, there, just the way he spoke to me. It's it's there are certain people in my life that speak to me, and I'm just like a little kid again, and all I do is listen. Yeah. You know, and, and not everyone else can get through to me except that person. Uh, so Richard Lambert is one of those people. I don't remember why we got into him, but um, I forget what you asked. Well, but, no, uh, about you talking about ego and like singularity and how people yeah, are yeah, doing yeah. things for themselves. And, yeah. you know, you come in and you actually have this dude. It's like, <laughs> all right, here, listen, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, he, he was influential to this day. You know, I, I, I try to uh, get a FaceTime with him. And, and yeah. sometimes it's tough because I don't live in New York anymore. Wait, um, you're in Florida, right? Yeah, I just Which, moved to Florida. Okay, so that's why I was curious. You're like, why the hell would you willingly be in Florida as Irma's hitting? You know, it's 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 funny. So I, I've I've gone through a lot in life, and and I'm thankful now sure. that I've that I've been through it because it's made me who I am today, and it, and it's made me a better person. Uh, um, uh, you know, and, and and I don't believe in that mentality where you know you're a product of your environment because man, where I grew up. <laughs> I should have been dead by the time sure. I was twelve if if I did what all my friends were doing. Um, you still it, keep in touch with anybody? No, right? Man. I, I and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I don't. Um, it's just one of the saddest experiences of my life. I remember when I was seventeen, and uh, I, I went into um, I went into a bar uh, because there was 
uh, and some sort of illegal gambling going on in sure. the basement, you know, and, and I was uh, just meeting someone there, picking someone up there. I won't say who. Uh, but we came out of there, and I didn't realize that it was, uh, you know, one of those spots that, you know, sells drugs. Yeah. But I was being followed, you know, and, and I got uh, held up at gunpoint, you know, for a pair of jeans and a T-shirt that were in my bag that they thought were <laughs> drugs. Really? Um, I ran to the precinct, um, scared as hell, described, tried to describe what these guys are. They brought out these, you know, these, these books. It were pictures back then. And every other page I turned was someone that I grew up with. Oh, shit. And to the point where I was just so sad that I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of done with this. I don't recognize anybody anymore. I just want to go home. Yeah. And it made me so sad, you know, that wow. this is what they had become. They all had criminal records, you know, and thankfully I didn't. And a lot of it has to do with my brother. You know, he's just protecting the hell out of me, you know. Man. Um, I, I remember we would leave the house when he was forced to hang out with me. He's about five years older <laughs> than me. And he would hold my neck and walk me around that way. You know, and every time he turned, it was like this. And I would complain about, oh, my neck hurts and my brother did this. And he would get in trouble for it. And I realize now that, you know, I, I thank him for it because it was the way he would have to keep me in line. You know, while he was having conversations with his friend, he would just, you know, hold me and make sure that I don't go anywhere. Um, wow. You know, it was a dangerous neighborhood. Man, that's dangerous crazy. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then it must be nice to be in Florida. But then you go into oh, another yeah. dangerous so, fucking neighborhood. Well, right? well, that's the thing. So, I mean, you know, I grew up. 43 years in New York, born and raised, and, you know, it was just one, it was last winter, it was February, and it was, I just felt like I couldn't breathe anymore. You know, I felt like everything was closing in on me. Yeah. It was really cold, the trains were horrible, and the buildings seemed just bleaker than ever, and and, and, and I just... You have a family there, right? I have, hey, yeah, hey, I have a family. I'm, I'm separated now, oh, okay. um, uh, which was, you know, one of the reasons it actually made it easier for me to... Uh, moved to Florida, right. but but it was for work for sure for for banks. But um, I knew that I was going to leave this uh, this year anyways uh, because I just couldn't. It was just I just couldn't breathe anymore. It was just something that it was just one day. It just yeah, hit me, so and strange. I went straight into my office and I told my boss, "It's February. I'm giving you enough time. I want to be extremely honest with you. I'm leaving by the end of the summer. I can't do another winter here. I, I'm just not myself anymore." Wow. Um, I moved to Florida and. It was like a rebirth. Hmm. I don't know what it was, I, but I Space, knew I would man. find it there. Sometimes, I, for me, that's the thing, like going into the woods. Yeah. That gave, well, beyond all the extra oxygen, which doesn't feel so bad. <laughs> but, but it's like it's opening, it's freeing. Because, yeah. Well, you know, I've always, I've always been enamored with this sort of beach town ah, life. Yeah. yeah. You know? Speaking of tiki, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, I mean, you know, and again, I was there three weeks and then I get, we get hit by Hurricane Irma. Um, you know, only sort of three like a, weeks. Only three weeks. I didn't though. realize it was that that short amount yeah. of time that you had been there. Yeah, man. So I, uh, you know, I, I posted something about like, hey, man, I like, you know, there are places, you know, like New York, like you're not considered a New Yorker unless you've been there for five years or something. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in Florida, I'm like, I'm a Floridian now. I've been through a hurricane. Man. <laughs> That's it. It's official. That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's so all right. That's fair. I'll give you that. That's yeah. probably pretty good. It's a good rite of passage going through exactly. what was one of the most historically strong, you know, or rather strongest yeah. hurricanes in well, history. Well, you know, I, I po what I posted was, I said, when you're helping someone put up shutters, uh, these, yeah. you know, these hurricane shutters, you're officially a Floridian. And someone uh, commented, no, man, the fact that you stayed makes you a Floridian. Wow. Like, Damn. 
There you go. Damn. That's it. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, yeah. really is symbolic, man. Yeah, it That's, is. It's sure. good on you for staying part of the community and helping, you know? And, yeah. And how you made it to Austin, I think it, for me, I was like, I don't, I don't think Steelers going to make it. I think, I think you're going to get stuck. Here, I got here late, but I made it, you man. You did, It's my yeah. first time in Texas, and it's just been such an amazing welcome so far, man. You visited some great spots last night, too. Garage, Nickel City. So Garage, yeah. uh, Townsend. Nickel, Townsend. I, got to, I got to go to Nickel City, and Dude. I had wings at like 1 a.m. Amazing, <laughs> like, <this> right? Is <laughs> it, um, yeah, I got, I, you know, but as soon as I, as I went straight from the airport to the Townsend, yeah. and uh, the bartenders there, Aaron and Jeff and the crew, you know, they, oh, Jeff, they, yeah. they knew what I had been through, and they're like, First thing they said was, you want a shot, dude? <laughs> five or seven. They're like, five or seven. And I loved it that they said five That's or amazing. seven. Thanks. I'm like, let's go for the five, man. Let's start Let's start with the, with that stuff. So we all did a shot, and they're like, welcome. And it was just so beautiful. You yeah. know? It was the first thing I did as soon as I got here. <laughs> That's the town for you. You yeah. know what I mean? That's how Austin can be. Yeah, man. And especially in this industry. I think it's like that anywhere, but especially here. We really love people. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great, great thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're, how did you make this? Because, all right, so we've been sipping this rum, you know, and (laughs) I can't hold back anymore. I mean, this is, it's like making a mother sauce, okay? Yeah. So you use all these ingredients that singularly have this incredibly important role in the whole totality of the sauce. Yeah. Rum's great. Right, most people familiar with Puerto Rican rum. Yeah, I like Guyana. We were talking about that. Jamaica's mm-hmm. got that funk. You got rum yeah. from Barbados, Trinidad, even Colombia. Right, like yeah. everywhere. So, one, how did you make that jump into brand work? That's a oh, that's an interesting question. And I had this conversation last night. Someone asked me that because when I did it, it wasn't as widely known as it is now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I remember it was Pamela Wisnitzer, who's now the mm-hmm. president of USBG. And again, just one of those people who can literally say, Stilo, uh, I want you to get on all fours and walk like that for 10 minutes. And I do it. You know, yeah. it's just one of these people <laughs> who I, I, I listen to everything they say. Sure. You know, Dwayne Fernandez Jr., one of oh, those yeah. guys. You know, everything he tells me to do, if he says, do this, I, I do it because it ends up being, you know, the right thing to do. Sure. You know, he's just one of those guys. But um, I remember when I joined the USBG, when I first joined, she says, hey, Stilo, um, uh, there's this national competition I think you should join. And, you know, I'm older and I just want to bartend and learn mm-hmm. how to do this. And I'm like, I'm not a competition bartender. I, I you know, I've been, I've been doing competition fighting for years and I was kind of, you know, retired from that uh, fear and adrenaline that you feel that, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, it's stressful, man. And and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of done with that. And she's like, Stilo, this is, this, this is going to be good for you. I think you should do it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to you. You, yeah. you just have. She just has that where you just want to listen. Uh, I ended up winning this competition, no which kidding. was insane, um, uh, and that led me to doing um, uh, ad hoc ambassador uh, work for for that brand and other brands involved with with uh, uh, the, the company that owns that that brand. Right. Um, you know, and I was bartending and doing this, and and you know. Being able to get paid to speak about a product that you love and care for, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? So that kind of, you know, and and I already knew that I was going to leave bartending soon because, again, I started later. I was maybe 36 um, and, uh, you know, through my years of martial arts and and everything and working behind the bar and using your hands so much, you know, I've I've started developing early arthritis. So so I knew I wasn't going to be doing it for long. Uh, so this was like 
a great way out because I love being in front of people. I love yeah. talking to them. I love making people smile. I love speaking about things that I care about. Um, so that's how I got into it, man. That makes um, some sense. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm Dominican. So, I mean, I, it was rum literally in my blood. Since Probably. A spoonful at a time. <laughs> that's it, man. You see, this baby's crying. Let's wet his teeth. It's what it comes with it, you know. So yeah, so it was that kind of, you know, it was it's something that's a part of me, and um, I was representing uh, the oldest continuously continuously distilled rum in the world, which was Mount Gay, yeah. for two years in New York. Uh, you were doing part of Collective and stuff. Part of Collective, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just a list of amazing brands, you know. But just that pride to be representing something, you know, that historic, you know. Mm. So. So it was something that I was familiar with, and and luckily this came up, and I got to meet Jim Meehan, and and I was shaking in my boots, man. Uh, you know, because we had met before, sure. you know, handshake here and there, but to sit with him, and he, he flew to New York, and to sit with him for, I don't know, what must have been like a three hour lunch, yeah. was just like, how do Is that I? Another how, one of those moments. Yeah, you yeah. know, and 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 he he's one of those, he's just one of those guys, you know, where where you just want. You just want to listen to, to yeah. what he says. Um, and I, I just, l- I don't know if it was luck. I don't know what it was, but I, I, I wake up every day just feeling lucky that I get to represent this brand. Yeah. And it's just one of the most amazing things I've ever I, I've ever um, drank. It, it really is. And so going back to the mother sauce thing. <laughs> the this mother is why sauce. I use this, right? Yeah. You know, it's hard to make a good Mornay sauce. You know, you can say it's easy. It's make the, it's hard to make a good hollandaise sauce if you don't whisk yeah. it enough, right? Yeah. But it's certainly hard to make a rum that feels complete. True. Right? Because True. there's so many different styles, and some of them just have a really kind of monophonic, to use a musical term, monophonic nature. And that's mm-hmm. good. But then you got to blend. Yeah. You got to make a different blend. You get some funk and here. You get some natural wood in it, whatever, right? But you guys have combined for Banks 5, because there's Banks 5, Banks 7. Mm-hmm. Five contributing countries in distillate, <laughs> seven contributing countries in distillate yes, of different sir. ages too. On that particular different ages, yeah. yeah, all between three and five years old. Yeah, which is it's great because yep. it just gives you so much breadth of flavor for sure. And this is not a brand thing. I really love rum, and I'm impressed by that concept because that's compositional. It is. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Yeah, because yeah. it's saying exactly I'm going to take the best things from these other things, and I'm going to build a greater. <laughs> Because, yeah, I don't know. You, you buy, like, a car if it's made all in the same place. But if you get the shocks from someone else that are really good, yeah, man. it's, like, all custom parts. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're that's right. what it is. You're right. And and it's funny. I I, I wish I could remember the name, but there was this uh, uh, cognac uh, blender who said, with aging, God has a hand in it. Ah, with yes. blending, I play God. <laughs> Perfect. I love that phrase. It is. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's yeah, basically it's that. You know, you just... You know, and Jimmy Han said it right when we were in Amsterdam and, and he said something that I wrote it down and he said, you know, we, we don't blend to please the masses. We, we don't blend because these are the regions that are cool. We blend to taste. Yes. Yes. I'm like, damn, that's that's it. Well, that's what that's the people pleaser right there. Yeah. yeah. Taste. Good. And rum is already it's not a massive category. So you've got to introduce it is, man. The, it you is. know, you got to like introduce a little bit of a unique perspective. Yeah. So the five and the seven. I think again because we were just talking about how Imbibe was saying it's like kind of like the makes the best daiquiri. Which yeah, man, makes a just, lot of sense, right? Yeah, because it's almost sure. unfair because you're pulling all the na- all the elements of rums that are brilliant, putting them in one place. Yeah, it's it's the dream team in a bottle, right? It is, yeah. it is, it is. Uh, uh, and again, uh, 
one of my uh, one of my bosses in in, in banks, Magali Magali Podesta. She she always says it. You know, it's a world of rums in a bottle, and yes. it, it's it's exactly what it is. And, you know, and and it's fun because there are so many cultures, um, so many flavors and and aromas involved in in one bottle. You know, and, and so much history, and it's just kind of kind of fun. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun, and it's a, and it's a process that's been going on for over three hundred years. Is rum blending process, yeah. you know, and, and we're we're just trying to do it right. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> and another thing that I think I really find important is it's easy, and this is one of the reasons I think tequila becomes really, really kind of sterile because mm-hmm. you're just keeping it all at eighty proof. Pumping this up an extra three percent really does make a difference. Yeah. Eighty six proof blended rum, proof, man, forty three percent. That's nuts, and and that's I mean, and it's great because. Uh, you know, there and again, bl- blame it on uh, uh, prohibition and and how uh, you know the, these countries like and you know it's it's not a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I get what they were doing, but you know places like Cuba and and places outside of of the U.S. during prohibition, you know, where they they wanted to reach the American market, um, but they thought that maybe rum was maybe too pungent, too funky for their flavor yeah. profiles. So, you know, they kind of dumbed it down. Um, you know, and we're we're not that anymore. And it's I it's funny. I spoke to Jane Danger, a mother of pearl, and she said, you know, we're I she she loves banks. She's always loved banks, mm-hmm. but she she uh, we were talking about uh, her wanting to work with it on a deeper level because she said people aren't afraid of rum anymore. You know, mm-hmm. people people are not afraid of what rum is supposed to really taste like. You know, which is which is that you know rum drinkers call it the hogo you know which is this this, <laughs> this funk and aroma yeah, that you yeah. feel and and you don't want to hide you know you want it you don't want it to be you know the 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 the, the vodka of the rum world right. you know you 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 don't want it to be this this uh, uh, this sort of workhorse you want it to 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 share the stage well yes you, you know? want it to have a presence you yeah. don't want it to be flavorless and exactly cool. exactly you want it to have a strong personality and be bold right? yeah that's it so it's it's it, <laughs> successfully really fucking does that and i'm so pleased to share with you and i'm glad that it's happening during texas tiki week and the spirit of that yeah i mean this is a great thing and when you you said you're heading out tomorrow right i'm heading out tomorrow to houston nice and uh you know meet some more fine people out there and then uh going to los angeles and then san francisco just spreading that bank's love man and and just meeting people um but you know this is this is what i love about the way uh, the people behind banks uh, work and, and, and the way Jim, Jim likes it himself. Um, and it's that, you know, I'm, I'm not coming into these, these uh, cities that I've never been to before, by the way. I've never been to Texas. I've never yeah. been to California, you know. So, again, this is, rum is opening a whole new world for me, literally. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going into these places and just without an official mission, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I want to meet these people. I want to see how they think, you know, it's a whole different culture. You know, I want to see how they think, what they think of rum in general. Can we have these fun conversations, you know, and, and, and it's the kind of conversation that I was taught, you know, with, with Richard Lambert, going back to Richard Lambert. And, and, and he says, you, you're, don't go into anywhere pushing these products. Don't do that. You know, you want to get to the point where they're almost asking you first. They pull you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can speak, you know, because because you 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 and you know that goes goes back to advocacy. You know, you you want them to be as interested as you are yeah. about this product. You know, it's not about it's not about you. It's about hey man, let's talk about banks. You know, yeah. what's the deal? 
Um, so, so it's fun that I get to go into these places and just kind of meet these people and hug them and shake their hand and yeah. just hang out with them first, you know, get to know them. Hell of a job. Can't yeah, say I'm, I'm a, a, you know, I, a little I, envious, you know, I'd say probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's, it's like the, the Anthony Bourdain of the of the Rome world. Yeah, that's it? the best job I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm going to write the, the job description for that job and that's just it. go look around for it. That's it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm convincing them to, to take me, you know, to all these uh, uh, origins and, yeah. and just because I want to get involved in the culture. I, w- I want to see what they're doing um, in, in Guatemala and Panama and Guyana yeah. and Jamaica. You know, I want to see how everyone does everything. Um, and, and, you know, what happens when the workers go back home? You right. know, what, what are they doing? You know, yeah. what, what are they drinking? You know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's I, I just, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think gig. that's when you go beyond the brand. You of know? course. And and they love that. Banks embraces that, which is great. You know. Yeah, you go into the community, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I've got one last question for you. Yeah. And this is that's this it. Is good. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so I and I don't know which way you'll you'll take this, right? Mm. So you are sipping because we're in this mood, and I really love this room right now. We're sipping Banks Five, and you're anywhere in the world at your favorite bar. It doesn't matter where it is. And you can sit there and have a conversation in an in-depth chat with somebody that you've either they're either living or deceased. Who would you love to just sit there and chat and wax poetic with? Oh wow, damn! And of course, this is seasonal. This is monthly. Like it changes, yeah, all the time. Whew. Doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in the bar world. No, not at all. Man, who would that be? Probably. Probably, this is going to sound corny, man, but probably Wes Anderson. That's cool, man. Yeah. No one's ever said Wes Anderson. Yeah, probably Wes Anderson because, man, if you're a guy who can who can, who can, can have all these major stars in your films yeah. and strip them of everything that says, I'm acting, mm-hmm. because it's almost like they're, it's almost like, a, it's almost like they're not acting right. in, in his movies. Every, if you notice, every, there, there's sort of this cons- consistency of mood throughout all the characters totally. and i think if you can manage to do that in a film over and over again i i just want to ask you a million questions and yeah. i want to know what you think of rum and i want to know what you think of banks and i want to know you know yeah where do you shop and you know what do you do when you're not directing it i think i think i think he would be a really interesting guy to talk to that's amazing yeah, yeah that's the first one first time anyone said that yeah i'm actually really pleased to hear that because i wonder if he i'm sure he drinks you know he went to ut here so he's like, a, he and his family I from did Houston. not know that. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's around all the time. Oh, man. Well, maybe not as much anymore, but used to be when I was that's a little it, bit That's younger. my next post. Dude. See? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely an objective, and that is something you should strive for. That's awesome. See, dude, it's been, I knew it would be great. I know we, we had a little bit of chatting, and I'm so glad that, one, that the hurricane weakened because yeah. it was expected to be much stronger. Yeah, we got lucky. Allowed you to come out here. And I think you're going to love the rest of Texas, and I sure as hell think you're going to love the rest of the yeah. states you get to travel to, man been absolute pleasure getting to chat with thank you man you're awesome to talk to man you you you, (laughs) it was a lot it was a lot of fun i've never done this before and and, and, you know you just don't know what to expect and it's never so much fun man thank you so much for been brilliant chatting about all these things yeah we have to keep in touch yeah i hope so all right cheers (laughs) cheers well there we have it stilo pimentel 
of it. Thanks, rum. A really interesting and exciting blend of different types of rum. You know, I, Jamaican funk, we talk about that in the chat, but that is one of those things that really adds this vibrancy and this identity to rums. And the Banks 5 and 7, they're both beautiful rums and they work so well in cocktails. And it's great to sit down and chat with Stilo. This is kind of his first foray into Texas, the first time he's ever been to Austin. It was great hanging out with them here in the studio and out and about during Texas Tiki Week. Lovely guy. You guys have to meet him. I think he'll be in a city near you very soon. And he's, the aesthetic is brilliantly put together. The hat, his pictures on Instagram, all of it is really, really amazing as a brand. And he is a lovely, lovely person. So thank you so much, Dwayne Apicardi, as always, for introducing me to Stilo and setting me up with such a fine personality. And thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much you thought you wouldn't like the show Ballers with Dwayne at The Rock Johnson on HBO, he is so damn charming. Or if you're thinking, I have to probably see Mother again, no matter how psychologically damaging it could be, please keep dancing.